I know there's all these signs fiction and cool time travel stuff and there's a kid blowing people up and there's like all these fight scenes but for me that's the best bit jesus christ doc you disintegrated einstein disintegrated einstein einstein it's a mini sode hi it's frida and it's abby if you could go back in time what would you change would the universe let you make a change if our future is predetermined, then nothing you can do will change it. If it's open to influence, then anything you do might just change everything. Whatever you decide, just make sure it's an excellent adventure. We are on episode four out of five of our time travel miniseries, which is called Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey. <laughs> and today, the subject is Looper. The 12 Monkeys sequel we didn't know we needed. What is the best way to assassinate someone? Send them back in time and let some other dude deal with it. That guy does his job, gets their silver and lives their best life while they can. One day the gold rush will come in and the loop will close. What happens in the future will play out in the past. Oh, and there's telekinesis. Yeah, there is fucking telekinesis, isn't there? So fucking random. I know, but so weird and yeah. great. Weird <laughs> and wonderful. So, weird. so yeah, Looper, Frida. Right. I actually hadn't seen Looper. I never continued it. It's funny because <laughs> I must have started it and stopped it after a certain period of time because I don't remember any of what the fuck goes down at that farmhouse. Uh, I think this must have been a pandemic situation where I started. I was like, this is great. Why did I stop? I'm like, what happened to stop this? Because I do not remember that kid blowing people up. Okay, I've got three things to say here. Because number one, you have brought up Looper so many fucking times. (laughs) This is hilarious. Number two, I had the exact same experience watching it. I got to the farmhouse and the kid and I was like, I don't fucking remember any of this. Not only that, but while I was watching it, James walked in, saw the kid blowing up and went, maybe I haven't seen this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I... So it's not just me. So maybe no. we all collectively forget. We've all compl- We've all blanked the farmhouse scene. Because <laughs> I was like watching. I was like, I've definitely seen this. Like, I know I've seen this movie. <laughs> but then I was like, I'm watching it just going, wait, what? That's unbelievable. Okay. Oh, well, let's, let's so just funny. assess that for one second because <laughs> it's... Because it's easy to cut cut that entire thing out and, like, nothing really changes about the movie. Like, it's still... Oh, God. I guess, it, I guess it brings it around to a deeper message about... It's tying it from a movie about time travel into a movie about cycles of violence and yeah. generational sort of violence and, and stopping the cycle. It sort of turns it into a parable for cycles of violence, I suppose. Yeah. But honestly, you can cut all of that out and it's still just, like, a cool time travel movie. Do you know what I'm the just having? I've just had a moment where I've just realized something that um oh my god, sorry. <laughs> I've just had a moment where I've just gone. Have I just always confused Looper with a different movie? 
is that what it is? And I've just never seen it, but I've seen the ad, like I've seen the scene so many times of like, you know, Bruce Willis on his knees and Joseph Gordon-Levitt there with a gun. And I've just seen that so many times that I just like assumed because what's the movie? There's a movie um, and I think it might be from around the same time. Oh my God. I can't remember but, it now. Was it wait, like Hayden you know Christensen or something? Hayden Christensen. Do you know what this is like? This is like that movie with Will Smith where he plays that superhero, Hancock. Wait, and you're like, this is I, the is. genre. It is. What? Jumper. Oh, Jumper. <laughs> I thought Looper was Jumper, and that's why I was really confused as well as to why it was very gangstery and like fucking. I was like, I don't remember this. I thought it was very like you know. What's a Jumper? Jumper is Hayden Christensen, and um, so he teleports. Oh, they're Jumpers. <laughs> We're Loopers. We're Jumpers. We came. This movie's a deep impact on Armageddon all over again. Maybe we need to do Jumper. <laughs> oh, God. Jumper film. <laughs> yeah, they teleport. Oh, Hayden Christensen, right, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Looper, Jumper. They're four years apart, but still. But, yeah, seriously, this is what apart, I thought I was watching. I'm 96, that one will be 100 and it won't be such a big difference. Okay. But All right. I was going to say that, you know, Hancock, when Hancock was like, this mm. is about superhero that's like having a shit time. And then suddenly it's about gods and mortals and immortals. And it's like story. And you're like, stick to your lane movie. Like, I haven't watched Jumping it. genres on us. I came here to see this thing and you are doing a bait and switch on me. And I'm not into it. Looper. I'm not Jumper. into it. Looper. Shall we start the yeah. episode? <laughs> yeah, so we're watching, Lo- we're talking about Looper that we have all definitely seen before. <laughs> all right, okay, okay, okay. So just, but did you actually, did you actually like the movie? <laughs> yeah, I think I like it. It's, it's, <laughs> I find the CGI so unnecessary. Like, why did they waste all that money changing his face? I guess it's cool because you're like, they made him look like Bruce Willis. Very distracting. <laughs> Other than that, I think it's I think it's a good movie. I think it's yeah. great. I like it. I like the opening. I think it's a really good opener for the movie. Like, because it's just random. Like, him just standing at the cornfield. Yeah. The guy appears. That, that gun is like, boof. And I do like the style. I like that kind of Sin City vibe thing. Plus Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm, yeah, I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. JGL. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, I, like um, I yeah. like their future past, future past sort of thing that they have going on. Because mm-hmm. it's it's the past in the future. <laughs> it's the future and then there's the yeah. future future. Yeah. So there's a certain sort of falling of civilization that's kind of happened somewhat and then furthermore and i like i like the weird nostalgia they have for fashions and i love that he has his pocket watch and you know uh, it was cool yeah nice world building yeah uh how about our cast yeah pretty great people well we have emily blunt who's like 
Amazing. Ugh. Always. Everything. Amazing. Plenty. She's just... I feel like it's... To- she's one of these people where it's totally acceptable that the entire world loves her. She's so good. And that... That bit... Oh, well, that's my best bit. I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead. But mm. there's other people. Paul Dano is so yeah. good in this as well. Yes. I had to look him up. I couldn't remember. I was like, um, why did I write down Seth? Seth. And Parabo plays the, plays the sex worker. You know, Parabo. She's great. Like her face is really familiar, but I just can't remember what I know her from. She's in so many movies. I think she was in, um, Cody Ugly. And she's just been oh. in a lot of different movies. Yes, it's Coyote Ugly. That's who she is. That's yeah, exactly who she is. Huge cultural icon for our age. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> oh, how we dreamed of dancing yeah, like... on bars. <laughs> in the heat of the night, the music you dance on bars to. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> and um, Jeff Daniels is also in it. He's cool. Yeah. I love, do you know what I love? It was, it, we had a similar thing when we talked about Blade Runner. I love that it was like, because you, you have these kind of two generations, you know? You've got the, um, well, I say Blade Runner, I mean Blade Runner 2049, but the Ryan Gosling with Harrison Ford. And then here we've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt with Bruce Willis. But in both instances, the movie opens with the young guy. Do you know? We start the story with, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's story for most of the movie and Bruce Willis only kind of appears much later on and a lot of the story is still following Joseph Gordon-Levitt like I just feel like there you know there's that time period where you kind of had your your certain stars and you expect it's a Bruce Willis movie but it's it's really not a Bruce Willis movie he's in it he's very he's you know he's he's very important to it but isn't he so good? Yeah. I love the sequence. I definitely remember watching it and I love the sequence of him falling in love. Like it's mm. so good. Him living this like crazy life and aging and then having this woman sort of bring him to his knees. Yeah. It's very romantic. Beautiful. I think that I remembered. I didn't remember the kid blowing people up, but I remembered <laughs> that. I like the, like, I thought it was, well, actually, because we can get into it with the time travel thing in a minute, so I won't say that now. But um, I just, yeah, I th- and I like the way they play off each other. I thought they were great pairing to be um, mm. the same person, basically. And yeah, I mean, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He is one of my absolute all-time celebrity crushes. I love him. And I think he's excellent in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, the only other person I wanted to bring up was, uh, oh, Seth. I remember Seth. Seth is the friend that he gives up. Where they have that insane sequence of old Seth losing his limbs. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, which to be honest, I couldn't help but think of the Monty Python sketch about the Black Knight. I was like just chop off the guy's arms and legs and the guy's like, It's nothing, it's a flesh wound. It's nothing. I couldn't I sorry, I couldn't actually take any of that seriously. It it did go very extreme very quickly. It was like do we need to go this far? Yeah, he wasn't getting the pain. He was just sort of, it was disappearing. It was kind yeah. of gross. Yeah, and then you really... saw the guy, and it was, they were keeping him 
alive and doing it surgically yeah. too so it wasn't like that guy was being tortured so i feel yeah. <laughs> feel a little robbed of yeah. like a real torture scene i just got the it just was so weird and yeah. silly and i just couldn't i was yeah it was monty python to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i can do this it's just an arm yeah. but i thought the, i thought like, the... <laughs> So the guy who played young Seth, though, like he was, you know, it was like, oh, the poor fella. Um, I only yeah, wanted to, br- yeah, I just cool. wanted to bring up Beatrix, Tracy Thoms. Um, only purely because when I actually looked at her IMDb, I was like, I've hardly seen anything that she's in. But I know, like, basically she was in one episode of Veep. And I just know her face so well from that, that when she came up on the screen as the waitress, I was like, I know her. Immediately, I was oh, like, "Oh, that's funny." So I, was just, I just looked at her, and then I looked at her IMDb, and I was like, "I've literally not seen anything that she's in. How do I know this woman?" And yeah, but yeah, I like her, Tracy Thoms. That can happen. Yeah. Anywho, that's all I had on cast. Uh, do you want to get into the first part, time travel story? Yep. Right. So, a body is sent to the past to be disposed of. A body that doesn't exist yet within the past. Okay. Um, as, as we just talked about that scene, there's torture that has immediate effects on the future self. Um, you close your loop by killing yourself, but the memories, 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 uh, change as things change. And telekinesis floating quarters. Just as they change. That that is the one thing that I did. Okay, so so in terms of like the whole time travel thing, I can't quite tell. I'm trying to figure out what's what's the paradox here. I like that it's like it's not about that you can't meet your past self. It's just that they don't want you to know that you're killing your past, that you're killing your future self. Yeah, because you wouldn't do it. Yeah. So I have so many questions about this because yeah, <laughs> well, there's a lot of paradoxes, um, but but. Uh, shit hang on i've got my i've got my idiocracy time travel face yeah um how can we do this how can we solve time travel? what did you say before that what did you say so the the what did you say just so when they sent okay so the whole the whole idea of this assassination gang hit squad thing is um that so time travel's been invented but it's outlawed uh so obviously bad people use it classic um, and they're using it to dispose of bodies. So because they said something about in the future that it's really hard to dispose of a body. I want to know more about that. I don't know what the idea is. But I guess like it's it's a smart assassination movie in that kind of way. You know, you just send the body back in time. Yeah. So the person just disappears. You can never find the body. You'll never know. Um, so you just send them back in time. But what I found interesting then is that means that that person is murdered in the past before they're born or they or they they're alive and a younger version of yeah, them yeah they're sent to a time yeah they're sent to a time where they wouldn't even exist yet so that if the body does show up there's no possible way to id them so it's like yeah. it's victimless crime so from um, the moment yeah. where they're murdered the person exists in the world continues on in their life and their dead body is somewhere buried near them. Yeah. But also they would get into some kind of system. They'd be printed and they'd have stuff. Yeah. And she'd be like, we don't know who this person is. And eventually during your life, it'd pop up. Oh my God, you're the body. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So actually, yeah. it's not flawless. Um, but no, the thing that you were saying about, so the, it really gets crazy if somebody fails to kill themselves and then they escape. Jeff Daniels is like, yeah. it, it'll fry your brain, man. Like, you can't even think about it. And like, they don't know exactly how it works, but they cannot kill them because that causes problems. So if the person escapes, they can't kill, they kill that person, but they can't kill the younger person because it's, because it's like, it's, it's fucked. They have to keep them alive until, but I, that's where I broke down. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. Talk me through this. They can't keep Paul, they have to keep Paul Dano alive. They just keep him alive for how long? His future will not, go to back anymore you know like but were he's they, future self but were they keeping the him but were they keeping him alive I or were know. they uh was it just because they they didn't know where he was so it was just a way to find him they had to find the guy kill him kill him and then they're all disappeared they have a, the same matter cannot occupy the same base <laughs> and so they had to kill they had to annihilate both of them mm-hmm in order to figure the shit out. Well, if because they, they the do... younger person while the older one was running around, then what happens? He 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 goes and turns into dust slowly, probably. But yeah, but why is that an issue? Actually, we know that the older person just disappears. So why is that an issue? So if the older person goes missing, then you just kill the young person. And then the older person just disappears. Yeah. Yeah, so why keep him alive? You're right. Why Why bother? Just kill him. Yeah. You, as I soon know. as you kill the young person, he the old person's gone. He just disappeared at the end. We saw what happens. He just killed yeah. himself. Made it Is it that it messes something me, up honestly, in terms of like all of the actions that would have taken place for the old person? That they're saying that... Too late. Too late. That's the paradox. How did that person get there if you've now ruined the future? That's the paradox. And that's the paradox through the whole film, which is like, I don't understand. Were there two realities? Again, Mm. we're getting into it. I don't know. I don't know. There's two realities. This stuff fries your brain. They they make Jeff Daniels says that and it kind of excuses it. But he kills himself and then he lives a whole life until they find him. How do they find him? I don't know. And then they put him back and he escapes and so then he doesn't. So then what did we see happen? Well, how did he get back if it no longer happens? What what happens to that future where he ran away? Yeah. Well, but- as soon as as soon as you let your old self go, then surely you change your future as well. So you change whatever life that person had, which is exactly what we see happening with the memory reforming, which I thought was good in that, like, as soon as, as soon as that happened, you saw Bruce Willis's, like the life that Bruce Willis had lived starts to change. His memories start to change because new actions are happening and and um, young him is taking different paths that he hadn't taken before, and that's why he suddenly has like this memory of Emily Blunt's face, which he wouldn't have had previously. And there's also another good thing that he says, which is that until it's a certainty, it's all just loads of possibilities. It's blurry, mm. and so basically, it could be that at some point he's taken an action that will result in his death, which means Bruce Willis has to disappear. 
it could be that that's all a possibility until it's a certainty, as in when he kills himself is when he actually disappears. Although it could be up until that point, there was a certain probability that he disappears. Yeah. But he says something like, up until it happens, up until, as in there are certain actions, <coughs> excuse me, there are certain actions that cause something to, a chain of, um, a chain reaction mm. that make another event absolutely going to happen versus possibly going to happen and only when the action happens which makes the thing absolute is when the memory kind of forms in his head up until that point it's all kind of a blur so uh, that's what he was explaining so I guess it's the same with you causing your future death is that you take certain actions that have a number of different options only when you take the key action, which annihilates all the other options, and that's the thing, does the future change for that person. Yeah. And that's that's what we kind of talked about with Back to the Future as well, because it was the whole thing with the parents. And it was like the fact that she didn't meet the father through the car crash didn't really matter anymore. Because it wasn't that. It was there, there's all these different possibilities for them to end up together at the dance. It was just that action of them being at the dance, that first kiss, that's what led to the marriage and the kids and everything and Marty. Um, yeah. So that was why it was like they just have to get to the dance and they have to get to the kiss. Whereas any, like, however, anything else that kind of happened that led to that moment didn't really matter. We've talked about this before about like the key moments that having like the key. Um, yeah, exactly. It's the key moments that key matter, moments. not the small deviations from it, because uh, you can take different mm-hmm. paths to get to the same place. So, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of wild. Like, to be honest, my brain, maybe I'm just time traveled out, but I was just like, I don't really know where to where to go with with my understanding of how how the future is affected because like I guess it it depends on like what how much of an effect does that individual looper have on like the organization in terms of if if he doesn't kill his old self and completely changes his path through whatever whatever happens then um Mm, no but it doesn't matter because once you kill your old self you're out of the organization so you can't affect the future of the organization anymore aha Oh, yeah. Like at what point have you affected the future? Which brings Mm. us to the killing children idea, which is, which is literally, it's like the baby Hitler paradox. That's a paradox. Yeah. I'm just getting tired. Yeah. There's a paradox in here, which is baby Hitler paradox, which is if you want to prevent Hitler from doing the thing, you go back and you kill him as a baby. Yeah. That's what this guy is doing. He's going around killing children. It's fucked. I know. When he actually does actually it, it was like, oh my God, it was so traumatic. When when I saw the, him actually go in and actually do it, I was like, that is, I, um, yeah. Yeah, that was very, that was, that was fucking not a nice part of the movie. Um, you know, you can't kill children. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like you shouldn't be allowed to do it in a movie, even if you're like, oh, he went ahead with it. That's so cool. That's so brave. I'm like, no, please mm. never kill a child. Yeah. This isn't an episode of SVU. Uh, Ugh. I do. I did like the ending, though. I thought it was a very clever ending. Like, I liked that the, there was that moment of that realization that, like, he's standing there and he's looking at the scene play out and he's thinking about it and he's like, okay, like, how is this going to play out? And realizing, well, 
This is how, this is, that was the time trap. That was the 12 monkeys thing. You know, it was that the actions that Bruce Willis was taking are what caused the future that caused Bruce Willis to come back and take those actions. And I just, I was like, I just thought that was funny that it was like, oh, it's 12 monkeys. I I wrote it down because I thought Mm. it was good. It, It was a mom who would kill for her son, a man who would kill for his wife. A boy, angry and alone, a path that goes round and round, so I changed it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of the essence of it. Yeah, it was excellent. It was about looping. It was about the cycles of trauma, dysfunction. He closed the loop. Violence. At the end, but... Closing the loop. Yeah. Good. Well, we solved it. We did. Well done, us. (laughs) I guess we can go to the next topic. Which is quite simple, really, because it's the time travel method. And literally, there was no indication as to what it was. It's a system, like a box, like the fly. It's a bit steampunky. Again, looking a little bit like 12 monkeys. Um, No explanation whatsoever. Just a box in a warehouse. Capital T. (laughs) Time, capital M, the machine. It's a time yeah, machine. A time that's machine. that's what I was like, oh, it's a time machine. That's what it is. It's maybe it's a time a, machine. Maybe it's a primer vibe, you know? Yeah. Now step yeah. into a thing, step out. Yep. <laughs> I just thought it was great. There's no explanation. We don't need to I mean, it makes sense to me that you would like someone would create it and people would be like, Yeah, we probably shouldn't use this, but then of course crime syndicates are like, Yeah, we should use this. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't if because it's all people you want to kill anyway. It's it's kind of brilliant because if it doesn't work, if it rips them to pieces, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's like it's basically probably the most likely representation of time travel so far do you know it's like all these futuristic ideas that we see of like time cops and and uh, kids you know doing history projects and like just mad scientists who are like oh my god we can't we'll break the time stream all this stuff that we've or edge of tomorrow you know trying to save the world all of this stuff and it's like no this is the most realistic one somebody invents it governments go that's a bad idea we're going to outlaw it but in secret governments are probably using it in some sort of military defense and then there's crime bosses who are out there going give me one of those let's go it's perfect. Best best representation of time travel so far. <laughs> Have you seen Kickass? Yes. <laughs> it's like that, but it's a it's like oh, we'll use that to kill someone. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've Anyways. got nothing else to say about the uh, the method or the technology of the time travel. Do you? Me neither. Okay. Nope. Then we just have best bits. Yeah, I have several. (laughs) (laughs) I've just got two, actually. I've already said one. Bruce not being in it for the first 30 minutes. (laughs) Not because that's not a negative on Bruce Willis. That's just like, I just liked, I just thought it was, it was nice that they didn't um, force the story. Because we've seen that with other movies where the movie is terrible because it's just, it's more about the star power of the individual person, of the actor. So they just make the story be mm-hmm. bullshit just to have the actor in it more. Whereas this one was like more focused on the actual movie, which I thought was great. So that w- that was just an excellent thing for me. Do you want to give me yours? Okay. 
I forgot to mention that the kid is amazing. Yes. That kid is so good. That kid is terrifying. <laughs> when they do that final, actually, when they do that final shot, like when he's doing that, um, the, the dialogue that you read out, and then it shows like what the future would be, which is the kid sitting on the train on his own with the cloth holding up to his face, um, trying to stop the bleeding. I don't know what it is, but that image is in my brain of that kid in that moment. And you see the future. You see that anger uh, that that kid would have in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But one of my favorite bits was the telekinesis scene where he lifts the guy up and exploits him. It was like X-Men 3, The Last Stand, but way better. <laughs> they don't go, when, when, they, when, when he explodes Professor X, it's like a computer. It's like a pixelated. It's basically just computer shards mm-hmm. as if it happens in a simulation. This was guts. He was like. <laughs> it was what you'd expect from slowly being ripped to pieces. And I, I was like, yeah, this is exploding a person. Yeah. yeah. That, correct. Yeah, X-Men, you didn't commit. Sorry, you were a terrible movie. You, you, you overcommitted to everything other than the thing you should yeah. have committed to, which was the terrible power of a powerful telekinetic person. Telekinet, teleke, telekinetic? Yeah, wow. I love you. I mean, of course, of course you're going to be down for that. Exploding a person, do it the right way. <laughs> if you're going to do it, may, you know what? Let's make it a child. Make yeah. it a child. Make it a yeah. child. Make Even it be worse. on a farm house as well. Just add a little bit of creepy horror in there. Yeah. Remote. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, I love it. I, you just, I just did think of a... This isn't the one that I've got written down, but I did just think of a scene that I forgot to write down that I thought was hilarious. And it's when they bring... Um, I, do you know what? I really wish I could remember the characters' names. I cannot... Re- Can you remember what his name is? No. Uh, it's just easier than saying Joseph Gordon-Levitt all the time. Uh, when they bring a JGL into Jeff Daniels and other guy is outside. Fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually have to look it up now. This is ridiculous. Blooper. <laughs> at least just look at the cast. <gasps> oh, bloody hell. Stupid. Uh, Noah Segan, Kid Blue. He's um he's the guy who's basically chasing him down. Joe, Joe. I mean, they have the simplest fucking yeah. name. Come on. He's the guy who's basically <laughs> chasing down Joe the whole time. And uh, so he's sitting outside here. He's got his gun and he's been bragging about his gun and he's sitting there and he's swirling the gun around. And then I can't remember the sequence of events, but something happens and he's he's trying to be cool. And then they just open the door and it knocks him and he falls and he accidentally sets off his gun. <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Daniels is standing there and did you just shoot yourself? It's just like, yeah. Also, idiot. he's like too shit of a shot. To, like he, he, yeah. if he was better, he would be a looper. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like they know he's just shit. <laughs> he's like this enforcer, but but he has he has a he has an enormous inferiority complex. Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have actually only one more best oh, bit to on. be honest. And the whole the horny farm lady scene was Oh very my hot god. It was hot. Mm. She was just a horny farm lady. Hey, I've been taking care of this fucked up a kid by myself on this remote farm here you are yeah. and this is happening right now 
Yeah. Because I wanted to. It was yeah. It wasn't like a oh we're falling for each other and it's love and it's all romantic and like oh we shouldn't but we will. It was it was that. It was exactly that. It was like she's like there is a hot dude in my house. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Props she to her. Is. It felt super. She's such a good actress because it really felt like real. Hmm. She was like. Yeah, I want this. And you're not going to stop me, are you? No, I didn't think so. So <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> gonna yeah, get mine. Bit, so. <laughs> I know there's all these science fiction and cool time travel stuff and there's a kid blowing people up and there's like all these yeah, but fight scenes. But for me, that's the best bit. Women being real women. Come on. <sighs> I know. Emily Blunt playing a real fucking person. Okay, I do have one, and it's um, it's one of my absolute favorite interactions, and it's when because uh, I did I did think it was really clever the way they did the writing on the arm, you know, it was like be here as a way to like tell tell them where to go. So uh, I thought that was really clever. And then they're in the diner and it's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, this is this is why they set up those scenes at the start of him. He kept going to the diner and he kept meeting Beatrix. And it was like, okay, this makes sense. This makes sense. <laughs> I just love that moment where he's sitting down and Bruce Willis just goes, you know, there's another girl who works here on the weekend. Jen, less letters. So it was great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, I really feel robbed at no skin carving scene. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, that that was mine. I just I just thought it was clever and funny, and it was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do Jen? Guys, this is a quick episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should do them at the beginning of the night. I was like, anyway. Okay. Uh, what's your That's final it. comment? Oh, do you have any final comments? My final comment is the fucking stupid keyboard. It's a fucking stupid keyboard. What's the stupid keyboard? This is like a light air keyboard. There's a moment where they're like typing on like computers, but it's like, it's in the, it's in the, the future. It's in the past. That's our future. Okay. The library keyboard mm. is like on air. It's oh, so yeah. dumb. I was, I was, I was that's wondering what it was and I just ignored it. Stop trying to keyboard. Do you know what's funny about keyboards? Bigger buttons, better, guys. Like, it's, it, it keep trying to simplify the keyboard and people keep being like, hmm. It's, it's not changed, buttons. has it, really? When you think about it, from, like, old no. school typewriters, we use essentially the same thing. So, yeah, it's like, I can't, I can't stand. That's why, you, like, for iPads, you have keyboards that you buy to attach to it because it's, like, cool, your tablet's great, but you can't fucking type in that way, you know? It's, like, it's kind of like... Because it turns out... Humans need sensory input. Yeah. We need that feedback. That's what I've been saying this whole time. No, that's the future. We all feel alone and sad because we have so much digital part. So mm-hmm. much of our life is digital and we don't get the feedback from using our senses. And the sadness is less about being, you know, lonely and more about because we have a body. Yeah. We actually need sensory feedback. Otherwise we, we feel off. We feel weird keyboards are a great example people love punching them buttons and getting the response the thing is so like the, the i could have your keyboards just i could imagine a one-handed keyboard one? sorry stop the hackers keyboard. sorry 
Actually, I got funny. I got um I got a new computer at work, and they gave me like when I went to IT to pick it up, they gave me a new keyboard and mouse, and I was like, oh, I've got one, and he was like, oh, check it because you you might prefer it. So I brought it in, and it's one of those ones where the keys are really highly raised up. You know, like really chunky, huge ones. And I was like, no, bitch. I'm happy with mine. Thank you very much. Hate keyboards that are like that. I'm looking at one right now because James has a gaming computer and it's like insane. I like them. Hate it. I like the buttons. Do you? Well, let's let's predict what is the future of keyboards because... I think a one-handed... I think... I think... Right. This is, this is my prediction. Right. Someone at some point is going to develop a one-handed keyboard which is kind of sort of to replicate the way it is on phones and people are going to learn how to type with one hand rather than two hands. Um, and I don't know how they're going to do that with all of the inputs that, that we like to use, but it's going to be shorthanded and there's going to be something. And then a bunch of doctors and scientists are going to say, this is really fucking bad for you. And that one arm and your shoulder and you're going to get like cricks and it's going to be really uncomfortable. And then they're going to start recommending using full keyboards again. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen and back we go the cycle yep. of the keyboard <laughs> use continues never yep. stopping never <laughs> ceasing okay my final com- or oh, wait did you have a future for the keyboards no okay cool just was asking you <laughs> There we go. I fixed it. Right. Final comments. For me, I I, I just wrote down drugs in the eye just because I thought it was weird. And I was like, I just love how I love how when movies want to be futuristic and they just want to show times are different. They do weird things like that. Like, yes, people are taking drugs, but no more needles. Now you just drop them in your eyeballs. And everyone's like, oh, eye drops, oh, drugs. It's ah! not that. It's here already. <laughs> people take acid through eye drops. Oh, okay. I don't know if you've seen the Gaspar Noé film Climax, which don't ever see it. Um, don't I have not. Ever see it. Okay. But acid is taken through the eye drops. Why don't I want to see Spoiler alert, this? the drops are used to spike a punch bowl. Okay. And the movie becomes this like horror movie of people not realizing they're on acid. Oh, okay. So it's a real thing. Don't watch French movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I remember when I was going to pick the movie High Life with Robert Pattinson because I thought, oh, a space movie, going to a black hole. And then I watched it and I went, not picking that French. movie. <laughs> Fucking French. It's French. Fuck you, France. <laughs> oh, have you seen right. it? No, you told me the whole Yeah, I know. I don't want to get too graphic about it, but basically there's a room on the spaceship that is... Um, in support of something that no space movie ever does, which is highlights the fact that maybe people still have sexual needs when they're in space. And there's a room specifically for it. And there's a very graphic scene showing a woman using the room. And that's why we're not doing it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as all the rape and murder and beating and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a fun movie. Um, okay. My actual final comment is he should have gone to France. I'm from the future. Go to China. Why did you listen to him? Like, all I could think was, is that how they found him? Because they knew he had gone to China? Because the guy was saying you should go to Asia? I was like, no, why didn't he just go to France? Just go to France. Also, what's going to happen to France? (laughs) I love a Francophile. He still kept learning French as well, and he didn't go to France. 
It's a bad advice. I've been to the future. You go where you want so that you have all the yeah. memories and you're happy. Shut up, Jeff yeah. Daniels. Exactly. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know what would the movie have been if you had gone to France? Would they have just never found him? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's in the future. They don't have any like ways of getting into France or something like that. And he would have been safe. Oh my God, that's, that's how they find them. Because I was like, how did they find him? Because they put in your head where they want you to go. They, by hypnosis or, or strong suggestion yeah. so that they can track you down in 30 years. That's exactly what the movie is. That's exactly what the movie was all about. <laughs> okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. We are done with Looper. That is not Jumper. FYI. <laughs> They're different movies. <laughs> One more left in the series. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Yes. Very exciting. In two weeks. Yeah. all right okay so we'll see you two weeks for that one and back next week for a main episode thank you bye liftoff we have a liftoff